0: Good morning. good morning. Good morning, sons and daughters of the Most High God. Hope you're well today. If you look in the parking lot, you will see all the boats and canoes and kayaks. I appreciate you making the effort to be here this morning in the the downpour. I think we had seven inches in, in eight minutes. So it's a pretty good rain out there. Let me in, invite you to take your Bible and find the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 5, beginning with verse 11. 5, verse 11. This is Eli's first Sunday back at church in a while. We're glad to have Eli back. He's a good boy. Welcome back, Eli. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 and following. Uh, the writer of Hebrews says, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because you are slow to learn. Now, the writer of Hebrews was not afraid just to say it like it was. <laughs> you folks just don't get it. <laughs> I've been saying this over and over again, but you folks are slow to learn. And uh, so he's going to try one more time, he said. I'm trying one more time here. I've been trying to explain this to you. He says, in fact... Though by this time you ought to all be teachers, uh, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. And so he's saying, look, I've, I've taught this, I've taught this, but I've got to start all over again. But he doesn't really want to. He wants to get to a point down here. And he says, you need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instructions about baptisms, plural, and we'll come back to that, laying on of hands the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, and God permitting, we'll do so. What he's saying is there are several things here I want to explain to you again. And one of them, one of them is this word baptism, which is plural here. See, it says baptisms, meaning more than one. <clears throat> and so we have a we have a baptismal service this morning. So I thought it'd be great to talk about baptisms. And there's more than one. And perhaps this may be the first time you've heard that there's more than one baptism. But I want to explain to you that in the New Testament there. Uh, there are seven that are mentioned. Did you know that? Seven that are mentioned. And it's all about identifying with Christ. But there's seven ways in the, in, the, in the New Testament that we identify with Christ with this word baptism. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, look, I want to go back over this one more time with you again. So that you can understand what it means to really be baptized. And so we as, as Baptists, of course, as a, a Baptist church, who, you know, we believe in baptizing by immersion. That's putting someone in completely underwater and bringing them back up there has been great debate for, I guess, 2,000 years of the way to baptize people, whether it's to sprinkle them, whether it's to baptize them uh, completely underwater, <clears throat> whether it's to baptize them as a, as a child, or whether it's to baptize them as uh, a person who's accepted Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior. A lot of books written on that, uh, and I don't want to go into all those great detail this morning. But as a, as a Baptist church, we believe in baptizing people by immersion, taking them completely under the water. And we believe that it's something you do after you've invited Jesus Christ to come into your life. There are some churches that have a cutoff age, say 10, 10 years old. You have to be at least 10 years old to be baptized because they want to make sure you understand what you are, are thinking. There are some that say 12 years old. And so there's a, there's a lot out there. But what does the Bible say about baptism? What does it say to us? Seven things, real quick. Like uh, the first one that's mentioned in the New Testament is in First Corinthians chapter ten, where it says where that the uh, the Jewish people were baptized into Moses. You ever heard that? You ever read that? They were baptized into Moses, and the symbolism is: remember when Moses led the children of Israel uh, out of Egypt? They went through waters that were parted. Right? Remember the Red Sea and the waters parted. You've probably seen one of the movies where the water billows up on the side, and they walk through. And that's the implication that the nation of Israel was taken out through the Red Sea, through the water, and so they were baptized, as it were, with Moses as they walked through the Red Sea. And, of course, the waters came back after them and covered up the enemy that was chasing them. And what that means is is that the nation of Israel was identified with Moses as he led them out. What it means for us as Christians is we, too, have been led out of Egypt. When you are baptized, when you are baptized in the water, like we're going to see in just a little bit, it's symbolic of being let out of Egypt, right? Um, the, the, the bondage that was in Egypt, they had to, um, you know, they had to bow down to a king and do what he said. They weren't allowed to worship their God freely. They weren't allowed to go to church. That's the phrase we would use. They weren't allowed to go to church, right, to participate in those activities, For years, they were not allowed to do that, and then they were let out. And so we identify with the nation of Israel as being let out of Egypt, out of the old way of life, the old way of thinking. When a person gives their life to Jesus Christ, what they're saying is, I was walking this way, right? I'm giving my life to Christ, and now I want to walk this way completely, 180 degrees from the way I was walking. I was living in bondage of sin, and now I want to walk out of that bondage of sin into a new life into the promised land, as the Israelites would have. So the first the first thing we see is being baptized into Moses, being led out of Egypt, out of our sin, out of our old way of thinking, into a new way of thinking. <coughs> the second baptism, it says, <clears throat> in Mark chapter one four, was the baptism of John the Baptist, and we call him John the Baptist. It's actually we closer John the Baptizer. He was the forerunner of Jesus, right? Right. They were cousins, John and Jesus were cousins. Right. And but John was uh, was a forerunner of Jesus calling people to repent of their sin. Now, repent means to change the way you're thinking. So parents, when you're trying to get your child to think a different way, instead of saying you need to think a different way, look at him, say repent. (laughs) See how that works. Repent, because repent means to change the way you're thinking. Change the way you're thinking. It'd be similar to fishing on one side of the boat and not working and saying, fish on the other side of the boat. Oh, it works, right? It'd be the same thing as saying you're hitting your thumb with a hammer. Stop hitting your thumb with a hammer, and it won't hurt. Oh, look, it doesn't hurt anymore because I quit hitting my thumb with a hammer. Change the way you're thinking. John's baptism, people came to John. He was baptizing in the Jordan. He was baptizing people. They would go under, and he would say, now, change the way you're thinking about the Messiah who's coming. Change the way you're thinking about Jesus, the Messiah who's coming. And so for us, the baptism of John represents for us, change the way you're thinking about who Jesus is. Change the way you're thinking about who God is. You know, we've thought that God is mad and angry and vindictive and sits up there waiting to hurt people, when that's not God at all. Jesus made peace with God. He made, uh, for us, he made peace for us. We have the peace with him jesus and god were never at odds but we jesus made uh, peace for us to god he made the covenant with god to say i will take care of the sins of the world i will die on the cross and take care of the sins of the world i will i will live a sinless life and he did and so for us we identify with this baptism to say We are trusting that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. We're trusting in him and him alone for our salvation. There's absolutely nobody else to trust in. As a matter of fact, the Bible says there's only one name given unto heaven whereby men should be saved. And that name is Jesus, 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 Jesus. So the second baptism here is the baptism of John the Baptist where he says, think rightly about who Jesus is. Think rightly about who Jesus is. The third baptism was, <clears throat> of course, was Jesus himself. Jesus came to John to be baptized. But John forbade him, said, look, I've got need to be baptized from you. And Jesus said, allow it to be. Allow it to be. I need to be baptized. And so John took Jesus down to the water, not because Jesus had sinned. Not because Jesus had sinned. Jesus lived a sinless life. But so that Jesus could say, this is the pattern I want you to follow. So John baptized Jesus under the water, brought him back up. Symbolic of life, death, burial, and resurrection. So in the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he was symbolizing what he would show us later when he died on the cross. So the baptism of Jesus. What does that mean for us? The baptism of Jesus means if Jesus was baptized, we too should be baptized. Right? We should follow Jesus in baptism. Uh, if Jesus prayed, we should pray, right? If Jesus served others, we should serve others. All the things that Jesus did, we should follow and do. But here, Jesus was baptized. We should be baptized. So the third baptism, baptism we see in the Bible is the baptism of Jesus, where he identified with humanity and saying, look, this is what you need to do. This is, this is how you need to act. This is a symbol that's important to you, baptism. It symbolizes life, death, burial, resurrection. That's what baptism symbolizes for us. The fourth baptism mentioned in the Bible is the baptism of fire. The baptism of fire. It says that Jesus, John said, there's one that will come after me that will baptize you with fire. Baptize you with fire. And what fire means is judgment for sin judgment for sin when you say yes to jesus your sins are judged in that moment now your sins were placed in christ when he died on the cross but you need to know when you say yes to jesus jesus judges all of your sins and he takes them into himself so that you don't reap the judgment that was due you you understand that right it's an exchange Jesus says, give me all of your sin and I will give you eternal life. Let me say that let me say that in Spanish. Give me all of your sins and I will give you eternal life. Somebody, somebody give me an Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's the good news. That's the good news. Let's put it in monetary terms. Let's say you owe a lot of money say so you owe $100,000 on a house and $100,000 on a car. That'd be a nice car, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and $100,000 on a pair of shoes, right? And so you're, you're in debt, $300,000, right? And you go to James right here, and you say, James, I, I owe $300,000. And James says, I'll write you a check for $300,000. He, and he pays it off. Would you like James at that point? Yeah. Yeah. Best friends. So, all, everybody see James afterwards. He's going to write some checks this morning. Just don't cash him. He'll write checks all day long. Just don't cash him. You get excited about that, wouldn't you? Somebody paid off all your debt, right? Jesus did. Jesus did. Paid all the debt. The, the debt that's important. Your sin, right? He said, "You give me that. I'll give you this." the most amazing exchange ever so when we are baptized in the baptism of fire jesus said i'm 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 cleansing all this hey there's a verse in uh second peter chapter 3 verse 10 that says in the end the earth will be burned with fire have you read that and a lot of people have interpreted that to mean that god's going to consume the earth and burn it all up right my question is why would he do that he spent a whole two or three days making it, right, like he wanted it. Why would he, why would he burn that up? A better understanding of that word, fire, in 2 Timothy, uh, in Peter 3.10, is to judge. So there's coming a day when God's going to judge the earth. He's not going to burn it up. He's not going to put a match to it and burn it up. That's not what that means. He's going to judge the sin that's in the earth. And he's going to wipe that sin out and start all over again with us. Like Adam and Eve were. Isn't that great? He's not going to destroy this. It's absolutely beautiful. He made it. But he is going to destroy sin. And allow us to live a sinless perfect life. For all eternity. So baptism of fire. So when you are baptized in the water. It's symbolic. Of Jesus Christ. Washing all of your sin away. Casting it as far as the east is from the west. It says in the Psalms. That's a long way. The fifth baptism this mentioned is believer's baptism. And that's the one we, we know so much about. In Matthew, that last chapter, that great commission says, Go ye therefore to all nations, right? Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, right? right? It's believer's Baptism. That's our commission. We're to disciple people. The only, the only command in the Great Commission is to disciple people, right? There are things you do while you're discipling them, and one of them is baptism. So one of the ways we disciple people is by baptizing them so they can understand they were alive in their sin, they're dead and buried, and they're raised to newness of life, right? It's... Uh, uh, The Bible says in John chapter 3, we are born again. It's symbolic of being born again. I died, and now I'm born again. I drowned. and Somebody brought me back to life. Born again. Death, burial, resurrection. Believer's baptism. The sixth baptism that's mentioned in the New Testament is being baptized in the Holy Spirit being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It says in 1 Corinthians, it says, all are baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body. We're baptized into one Spirit to form one body. Now, there's been controversy over this phrase, the baptism of the Spirit, uh, for a long time, just as there are books written written on how to baptize, immersion, sprinkling, so forth. There are thousands of books written on what does it mean to be baptized in the Spirit, being baptized of the Spirit, being baptized with the Spirit. It can get really confusing. But here's the thing. Salvation doesn't happen until you are one with the Holy Spirit. Whatever word you want to use, with, of, and, in, about. The bottom line is salvation is when your human spirit is joined with the Holy Spirit. That's how you can live forever. Without Without your human spirit becoming one with the Holy Spirit, you're doomed. Right? You're doomed. But when your human spirit becomes one with the Holy Spirit, you have eternal life forever and ever and ever in the presence of God for a, a billion years or a trillion years, as my granddaughter says. Long, long time, right? Salvation. Salvation is when the Holy Spirit and your human spirit come together as one. That's why the Bible says the only blasphemy, the only blasphemy is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. We've often thought that blasphemy is saying a cuss word or saying God's name or saying G.D. or something like that. That's not blasphemy. We, We shouldn't do that, obviously. But it's not blasphemy. Blasphemy is when you say no to the Holy Spirit. You see, God's at work in your life. Every day of your life, talking to you, telling you how much he loves you, trying to convince you how much he loves you, right? And he does that through the Holy Spirit. And when you say no long enough to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit finally says, okay, have it your way. Have it your way. Which leads to an eternity in hell. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is continuing to reject the Holy Spirit. How long can you reject the Holy Spirit before he turns his back on you? I don't know. I'm not God. I don't. Nobody knows that. What I would say is today is the day of salvation. Don't turn your back on him today. Choose Jesus today. Receive the Holy Spirit today. The Holy Spirit comes in. And he is is the person of the Trinity that helps that helps us understand salvation, It helps us to be saved and, and being saved and will continue to be saved. He helps us understand and unpack all of that if we allow Him to. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is when you invite Jesus Christ into your life to be your Lord and Savior. And then you learn what that means. And then the last baptism that's mentioned is mentioned in Mark chapter 10 where it talks about the baptism of the cross. Jesus, they were The disciples were saying, Jesus, we're we're ready to sit on the thrones and rule and reign. And, you know, Jesus said that you misunderstand the kingdom. It's not a kingdom with swords and spears and and, and fighting and all that. That's not the kingdom. Uh, The kingdom is humbling yourself like a child and following after me. That's the kingdom. And he said, by the way, that process is taking up your cross daily and following me. Right. Take up your cross daily and follow me. There's a baptism of the cross. The cross is where we humble ourselves before God and say, God, here I am today. Yes. It's a simple morning prayer. Yes, God. What do you want from me today? The answer is yes. 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 That's a simple prayer. The baptism of the cross. The cross may mean suffering, right? It it may mean excitement. It may mean joy. Who knows what it means, but today I say yes to you, Lord. I say yes to the cross. He that would come after me must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow after me. It's the baptism of the cross. That's the baptism we live every day. And so when we see someone baptized in the water, life, death, burial, they've died to themselves, but they're raised to walk in newness of life and to say yes to God this day. So there you have it. There's seven baptisms that are mentioned in the New Testament. You didn't know there was that many, did you? Right? And so have you experienced all seven? That would be the question. Have you experienced all seven of the baptisms? Right? In some level, in some way, the baptism of Moses, where you identify with leaving your sinful life and stepping into the promised land of God. The baptism of John the Baptist where it's a baptism of repentance of sin. Yeah, I'm going to leave that sin behind and, and do something different. The baptism of Jesus, where you said, yes, I will follow Jesus in baptism. The baptism of fire, where, <clears throat> where God comes in and takes out the old and places it in the new. The baptism of believer's baptism, where you are trusting in Jesus Christ and him alone for your salvation. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, where you come to know who he is. And the baptism of the cross where you're willing to wake up every day and say, yes, Lord, yes. I hope you've experienced that. If not, if you want to talk about that further, you can come see me after the service concludes this morning, and I'll share with you more. If you're here this morning and without Jesus Christ, you've never trusted in him, ever trusted in him as your Lord and Savior, and you want to today, just come see me afterwards, and we'll talk about that. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the day. Father, help us not to be slow to learn, like it says in the book of Hebrews. None of us really want to be that way. Father, help us to be quick to learn. And Father, this morning, help us to learn what it means to follow you in baptism in all the ways. The seven that we've mentioned here, maybe there's more. Jesus, we want to be obedient to you. We want to be obedient to your will and to your ways. We want to say yes to you every day. So we ask now, Father, come and show us the baptism that we need to walk through today. Holy Spirit, reveal to us the things that are in our heart and our life that need to change. And where we've turned our back on you, Father, help us to turn around and turn our face to you so that we can see you face to face once again. Father, we, none of us really want to live a rebellious lifestyle. None of us really want to turn our back on you. It just, it just happens sometimes. So, Father, we, we say we're sorry. Forgive us. Forgive us that we turned our back on you. We really didn't mean it. So now, Father, we want to say we just turn and look at you face to face once again. Transform us, change us, help us, encourage us, strengthen us. Lord Jesus, we love you. Thank you for dying on the cross for us. Thank you for coming back to life again so that we can have eternal life. And Holy Spirit, I just pray you'll be our teacher and seal the things that we've learned today. Seal, seal them in our heart so that we can remember them and practice them. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.